0: Can you please open your Bibles to Acts chapter 8? The most wonderful thing about our obedience in Christ Jesus is that no man can change another man's heart. Jesus does that through the Holy Spirit. And um, one way that he does it, and he does it so effectively, is through the Word of God. And God has given us his word. It is God's inspired letter to us. And he wrote many letters in the Bible. And it's his words. It's not man's words. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit settled on men of old. And they started to write. And the church fathers arranged those writings in a form where they agreed that it would be the Word of God. And the Bible says um, in Second Timothy that um, what we read today, we take it as the Word of God. This book doesn't contain the Word of God. That means there's some things of God in it. No, it is the Word of God. And we live by it. And so that's one way, and probably the most important way that God speaks to us are through the scriptures. And we'll see that today. So whether it's on the subject of marriage, we go to God's word and we follow what God says about marriage in the scriptures. Whether it comes to business relationships within the workplace, God has a lot to say about that. Go and read the book of first and second Peter, and he speaks to us about how we should relate to one another. In the workplace. So God speaks into that. God speaks about how we should raise our children. We go to the word of God for that. And it's exactly the same. When we look at the subject of water baptism, we turn to God's word. Because God's word has the final authority on it. And very importantly, that as we read the Bible on any of these subjects, we need to have the attitude and just say, God, would you please speak? And that's a beautiful thing. And when I hear the testimonies of so many people um, who's actually gotten baptized at lift, their testimony is... That I heard someone say something, and God spoke to me, or I looked at the Word of God, and God spoke to me. I, I, I remember Lizon's testimony. Rickby Wallace was here, and it wasn't the subject; he was just introducing the message, and he said something about baptism, and God spoke to Lizon here. You know, I remember with Abe and Marley you know, they came from a background where it was frowned upon to get baptized in water once you've believed and um, I remember uh, uh, that we were having a baptism and um, it was like what maybe a week or two before the baptism that God spoke to Abe and Marley, you know in in just a most wonderful way and so here at Lyft we don't force things onto people But we have convictions within our our hearts that we pass on to you, but God needs to speak to you about those things. Agreed? God needs to speak to you. And again, I say, the Scriptures is so clear on these subject matters, particularly on important matters like these. Um, There is no shadow. It is very, very clear. So this morning, to run through that theme that our desire as a church, is that God speaks to you about these things. And we want to put, um, I mean, you won't believe it. We make it very easy for you to get baptized in water, both young people and older people. We've got a jacuzzi. <laughs> and we bought a brand new one that we're going to use for the first time again. And the water's nice and warm. And so... Um, It's here for us, and we really want to create that opportunity for us to do it within the presence of God's people. And so that's an introduction to why we're looking at this subject today. As we read Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40, for the first time when I studied it this week again, I noticed that within this passage, as um, Paul, uh, as Luke records um, what is happening here, and he speaks to us about Philip coming to the Ethiopian eunuch, and as he starts to talk to him, I want you to notice four questions that are asked here, and a quotation. One question. And then another question, a quotation, and then some more questions. And and it's amazing how God speaks to the Ethiopian eunuch. And so as I read the scripture, let's see if you could pick up what those questions are. And so let's start reading now from verse 26. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of Kandak, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Very key within this passage. He was a religious man. He was converted to Judaism. He was sincere within his heart. And he had gone to worship. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. Question one. That's the first question. Do you understand what you are reading? That's a wonderful way to do evangelism when we speaks to people. So that's question number one. Let's see if you can pick up the second question. How can I? Can you say question two? There we go. He said, and here comes the quotation, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with them. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked, question number three. Tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with the very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Baptism is all about The good news of Jesus. So, he says he told him about the good news (laughs) of Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in my way of being baptized? Question four. Probably a very, very important question to ask. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And Philip gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch didn't see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. My my friends, a sign, uh, and an outward result of obedience is rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Philip living in Caesarea, and he was still preaching the gospel 20 years later. Isn't that amazing? Just such an inspiring passage of Scripture. And I've just entitled it, When God Meets You Along the Way. Just when God meets you along the way. And this is so beautiful. I find within my Christian walk that God oftentimes just meets me along the way. And he starts to speak to me about things that are important to him. And he comes and he just walks beside us. And he starts to talk. And he starts to talk. And he starts to talk. I remember the first time that I... I can recall when I felt God spoke to me was when I was about nine years old. Probably nine years, ten, somewhere around there. And I remember we went to a youth camp, my sister and I. And there, something happened within my heart. And it caused me to identify with the things of God in a more stronger way. And I remember coming back and I said to my mom, I said, I really want to be baptized because children got baptized at the youth camp and my parents weren't too sure whether I was ready or not but the mere fact that God started to speak to me revealed to them that something had happened within my life that changed me and just before we moved from the place where both Ken and I grew up in a place called Springs We lived there and we were moving to an amazing place called Rustenburg where I spent most of my formative years just before we moved. That desire was still so strong within my heart because God spoke to me about baptism a few years before. And I said to my parents, I want to be baptized before we go. And both my sister and I got baptized within the church. And then we went off, and it laid a platform and a foundation for me that has served me well up to today. Because out of that, at the age of 15, God spoke to me so clearly about my life's vocation, and that was to become a pastor. And, and, and I believe that every step of obedience that I took lay a foundation for me when God spoke about things that I needed to step into. Some of you may wonder why you are unable to step into the things that God is opening up for you. You may wonder why it's difficult to take that leap of faith, as it were. Probably because when God spoke to you previously, you didn't obey. Obedience lays a foundation for faith. And so I remember when God spoke to me as a young boy and how even still today when God speaks to me, I think that those smallest step of obedience that I took opened my heart to faith in a much larger way. And we see that something like this is actually happening here when God Meets you along the way. You see, when God meets us along the way, you need to know that when He meets you along the way, He is aware of your history. He knows everything about you. God knew my history at a very, very young age. We grew up in a community where people weren't naturally drawn to serve God. And we uh, stood out like a sore thumb in some respects. And yet God knew my history, but he also knew my future. And he knew that he had to step in my life for him to put me and take me in a direction that will serve me well, I believe, for the fullness of days that I have here on the earth. My friends, God is aware of your history. God was very much aware of the history of the Ethiopian eunuch. You see, this eunuch, they say, it was probably a proselyte of um, Judaism. He chose Judaism because of the environment that he was in. But as a eunuch, he didn't have the same privileges as other Jews had. He couldn't step into the courts to go and worship like other Jews did because he was a eunuch. A eunuch was there to serve the queen. And we know that he served the queen of the Ethiopians. So there was such a desire within his heart to meet God. There was such a drive within him just to go and worship. God was working within this man's life. And and year after year after year, he was denied entrance to go and worship God with the people of God, the Jewish people. But you see, God never gives up on us. And God uses most extraordinary means to, to draw people to himself. He took Philip, who was preaching in a revival, people getting saved, he says, hey, I want to go after the one last sheep. He says, your work is finished. There's enough people here. And miraculously, he transported himself on the road. And the Bible says that as the chariots were going, and of course, the Ethiopian eunuch was a very wealthy man. He was a very learned man. He was in a position of privilege, serving the queen. In the chariot, he goes, and Philip comes next to him. Remember, this was a miraculous occasion. Ran next to the chariot. And the Bible says that this Ethiopian eunuch was in a position where he wanted to hear something from God. God said, I've just got the right man for the Ethiopian eunuch. I've got Philip. Philip is my man. And so we see here that God knew the Ethiopian's history. And he stepped into the Ethiopian's history. And he started to speak his word into that situation. You see, my friends, when God meets you along the way, he will speak to you. Doesn't only know your history, but he will speak to you. He will not ignore you. Have you ever been in a conversation and and, and, and you're trying to speak to people and they just ignore you. God won't do that. When he walks alongside of you, my friend, he will speak to you and not ignore you. And we see here in Acts chapter 8, verse 28, it says, On his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And so... Um, he didn't often read Isaiah the Prophets. The Jews normally um, read some other books in the Pentateuch. Uh, they were well familiar with that, the Septuagint. You know, but here we see that he was reading the prophetic writings. And most amazingly, the Holy Spirit took him to the passage where it speaks about Jesus. And as he started speaking, he didn't understand what he was reading. Now, he was a very smart man was learned. But my friends, the Spirit is revealed only, or the Scriptures is only revealed to people by the Spirit of God. Otherwise, you can't understand it. it. doesn't matter how clever you are. I know some of the smartest people, most successful people, and they read the Word of God, they hear the Word of God spoken, and, and it just goes over their heads. They turn around and they walk away. The Spirit of God needs to come and needs to speak to us. And I believe by mere being here or you watching online, the Spirit of God is speaking to you. So he can explain to you what he is wanting to say. But in this case, he sent Philip to explain the Scriptures to the Ethiopian eunuch. My friends, God will speak through others. He will speak prophetically. He will speak through circumstances. He will speak through the Bible, and this is my most cherished way to hear God speak. Uh, I was reading early this morning from the book of Galatians, and I just felt God speak to me about a passage, and in the passage I wrote today's date, because God spoke to me. All right, cool. My heart was just as desiring to hear God speak, and he spoke. I think probably the key word for us to hear God speak is the, is the word desire. Have a desire for God to speak. My friends, if you're not a follower of Christ, but there is a desire like the Ethiopian eunuch to worship, but you're just not getting it right, my friends, God will honor that desire and he will speak to you. We were at a conference this past week in London, and there must have been about 400 people there, and Jen and I went, it was a pastors and wife conference for the first day, and then the next day, it was just the UK people coming together, and some from Europe, and um, as the conference went on, I met a man, Um, I think he was from Northern Ireland, never met him before, And I just saw him stand there by himself, and I just went, and I introduced myself to him, and we spoke for about 10 minutes and left. And the last day of the conference, as a matter of fact, it was the last five minutes of the conference. It ended. A guy from the Ukraine spoke powerfully, who leads a number of churches there, and it was so uplifting to our spirits. And this man that I had met sat on the other side there, and he just walked up to me, and uh, you know when you feel a little bit intimidated, when someone steps into your personal space, I had a jacket on, I was ready to walk out, and he put his hand on my jacket, and there was a zipper there, and he started to play with my zipper up and down, (laughs) Jenny was next to me, but she just moved away, (laughs) and she moved away, I need you now, She wasn't anywhere to be found. And as he started playing with my zipper, a jacket zipper. (laughs) 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 Clarification is needed sometimes. He started to prophesy over my life. haven't had a prophecy like that for years, and he just started to speak, just to speak and to speak, you know, and, at first, because he was in my space, I was, I was, I honestly just moved back. And more, the more I moved back, the closer he came. <laughs> I'm going to leave my zipper alone. <laughs> and he prophesied, you know. And, and the first bit, I was very, very weary because I wasn't ready for it. Firstly, I was ready to go home. But God wasn't ready for me to go home. God was. Meeting me along my way. And he wanted to speak to me about something. And God spoke a prophetic word. And as he went further and further, it lasted about two or three minutes. It felt like 10 years. But as it got close to the end, my spirit started to witness with the Spirit of God. And that's how you judge prophecy. The Bible says that you need to judge the Word of God. When someone speaks it to you, it's your responsibility. Sometimes what people speak is well-meaning, but it's not necessarily the word of God. But you need to judge it. And like, after the seventh hour, it felt like, I responded in my spirit to the word. And it was God's word to me. My friends, when God meets you along the way, He will speak to you. And and I'm trusting that today God would speak to you. Like he did to this man. When God meets you along the way, he will hear your heart's cry. Acts 8.34, the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me please, who is the prophet talking about himself? Or someone else. And in a most powerful way. Philip the evangelist. Started to speak to him. About the good news of Jesus. Took the passage in Isaiah. Which is a hard passage to read. Because it speaks about Jesus. The Messiah. Who will come. And it speaks about him being crucified. In prophetic terms it spoke about. That he was crucified. And it speaks about how he took our sins upon himself. He took our sins and our infirmities. That means our our sins, our sin nature, but also our infirmities, our weaknesses, our our broken body, all of that. He took it upon himself, Isaiah says in that passage of Scripture. And the Scripture says that, that he died for us so that we can be freed from our sin From our shame, Jenny and them spoke about shame at the Friday morning Bible study. Had a very powerful time with the woman. Jesus took our shame upon himself that day. And so Philip started to speak to the eunuch about the shame that he was probably living in because of his sin. But he also spoke how Jesus would open up the way for him to have a relationship with God for all eternity. And so he gave him the good news. Remember, this man was a castaway, not only a castaway, but he lost his privilege to be married and to have children, to serve. But not only that, he lost the privilege of stepping into the temple uh, to worship with the other people who had the privilege, and Philip says to him, you know, the good news is this, that When you step into that place where you open up your heart to Jesus and he steps into your life and he brings you into his kingdom, access is granted for you in every facet of your life. And you know God, you know God's people, no longer will you live in shame, no longer will you live in fear. You will cry out, Abba, Father, and you will worship. My friends, God heard the cry of this man's heart. Matthew chapter 12 verse 20 tells us, A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out, till he has brought justice through victory. My friends, when you're hurting, he will not break you. Smoldering wick, if your flame is going out, you will not be snuffed out. He will step and he will meet you where you're at. And he will breathe life into you. That's what happens when Jesus meets you along the way. Yes, when Jesus meets you along the way, he will tell you the truth. Have you ever had some of those friends that if you go to them, You can tell them something, but you know that they won't tell you the truth. They will tell you what you would want to hear. It's not a true friend, is it? Jesus isn't like that. He will tell you the truth. And through the gospel, the true state of the eunuch's heart was revealed. That as a matter of fact, even though he tried to go and worship God, He couldn't step into the place with the rest of the people. He still went to Jerusalem to worship, but he wasn't privileged to the access that the other ones had like him. But God spoke the truth to him, that salvation only comes through Jesus. Eternal life is God's gift to us, but it only comes through Jesus. He's the way, the truth. And the life. No man comes to the Father but through Him. My friends, when God meets you along the way, He will tell you the truth. And then when God meets you along the way, after you've heard the truth, You will give your all to him. You'll give your all to him. This is what the scripture says. Acts chapter 8 verses 36 to 40. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? Isn't that awesome? What can stand in the way? Remember, there were many things that stood in the eunuch's way to worship God. He could have said here, and he could have changed the word, um, what stands in my way to be baptized? He could have said, what stands in my way to worship? But he used the word baptized because baptism is a part of our worship to God. And now that he had heard the good news, he had responded to Christ in such an amazing way. The door was open for this man to get baptized in water because he knew Jesus. My friends, the only qualification for you and I to step into the waters of baptism is that we are converted to a faith in Jesus Christ. People oftentimes tell me when we talk to them, I've got to wait another few years until I'm more mature. Baptism isn't for the more mature, otherwise all of us are going to wait indefinitely, aren't we? Baptism isn't for the more perfect, otherwise we're going to wait forever. Baptism is a direct result of believing in Jesus, and then... If it's a few years later, as it was with me as a nine-year-old, I think I got married. I got, not married, got <laughs> baptized at about 11, somewhere around there. And as I did, my friends, it was a result of what happened to me when I said yes to Jesus. His arms were open. I just needed to run to him and say yes to him. My friends, that is the qualification for baptism. And with respect to some of your previous history that you have, a little baby can't do that. Because they don't have a faith in Jesus. It is when we confess Jesus Christ is Lord that we could step into this glorious way of worshipping the Father through baptism. So when we do baptisms here as we will do on December the 3rd, it is an act of our worship together because worship has to do with obedience and faith. And when you get Baptized, it is a sign of your obedience, saying yes to Jesus, and your faith to say, I am going to walk with you. You're my Lord, you're my Savior. And it opens up such an amazing way. Yet, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in my way of being baptized? I have to assume that as Philip started to tell him about the good news of Jesus, that he must have told him about Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, being baptized by John the Baptist. Would you think that's a good assertion to make? He was talking to him about Jesus. And that is a key passage, because Jesus started his public ministry after he was baptized. Isn't that incredible to think about that? The age of 30, he was baptized. Jesus didn't have to be baptized, but he did it, as an example for you and I to follow. So when we get baptized, we identify with the faith of Jesus in a most dynamic way. So he must have taken Matthew chapter 3, and he must have spoken to him about the experience of Jesus. Of course, they didn't have Matthew chapter 3 at that time. But he must have told him about what Jesus did, and he got baptized, and the eunuch, having fallen in love with Jesus, said, hey, if Jesus got baptized, and remember the passage says, um, you know, to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus said, he did it all righteousness, and this eunuch's desire to follow after God was, I want to fulfill all righteousness, what must I do? Well, Jesus got baptized, and he left us an example to follow, so he stepped into this place, and he says, what prevents me from being baptized? As they travel along the road, they came to water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? My friends, sadly, our church history oftentimes stand in the way of us being baptized. We're a church and we pride ourselves within our church that we're a church where we have Roman Catholics who come to our church all the way to Charismatic people, Baptist people, Presbyterian, Methodists, and what I love the most is when people who come to our church who had never been to a church previously, I love that. They start over, it's easier for them, because we're not bound by our previous church background, where oftentimes or sometimes it didn't follow the Bible, but it followed human tradition. Beautiful thing about the scriptures is, when you meet Jesus along the way, He cuts through human tradition, and he says, it's no longer important. What is important is to follow my way. This is what we believe as a church. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in my way of being baptized? What also stands in our way of being baptized is fear. What are people going to say? No, my friends, it's a time of such rejoicing, because... We stand with you, all of us who know the Lord Jesus. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. I love it. Both Philip and him went into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all of the towns. My friends, the eunuch had a conversion experienced. He accepted the truth of the gospel and became a disciple of Christ accordingly when he saw a body of water alongside the road some time later, a few minutes later eunuch expressed a desire to be baptized as a public declaration of his faith in Christ. My friends, I trust that as God walks alongside of us, that indeed he would come and he would speak to you. Remember, he's aware of your history. Remember, He hears your heart's cry. He will tell you the truth because it's the truth that really does set us free. Baptism is about giving our all to him. As we go underneath the water, we say, Lord, I died to myself. I'm not that important anymore. I'm not important at all anymore because I died to myself. Physically, Emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, I died to myself. That's why it's a physical act. When we come out of the water, we are raised back to life. Not our life, but the life of Christ. Isn't that exciting? And a new journey begins for us.